Wednesday night, I turned on local news just in time to catch the sports recap of the Astros game from that day. And the sportscaster, he mentioned two names, Yander Diaz and J.P. Francis. And he said that more casual fans of the Astros might not recognize those names. And I was convicted because I didn't know them. I didn't know those names, didn't know who they were. Didn't know the players, didn't know if they had been recently added to the roster. Maybe they had just been called up from the Sugarland Space Cowboys. Maybe they were in their rookie year. Maybe the only reason that they were playing that night was because those superstar athletes whose faces you see on the banners hanging from Minute Maid Park and Stadium, uh, they were injured or hurt. I just, I didn't know who they were. But they had a huge impact on the game that day. Uh, Diaz, who's a catcher usually sitting behind home plate, but he made his impact when he was standing next to the plate and had a bat in his hands because he hit two home runs during that game, drove in multiple runs. And J.P. Francis is a pitcher who started off the game, pitched very well, allowed the Astros to get a great foundation and to be able to beat the Colorado Rockies 6-4. to four. I had no idea who they were. But those two players on that day were invaluable to the Houston Astros and their win. And I didn't know them. Now maybe you did. And maybe because you did, you were tempted to judge me a little bit because I didn't. And that's okay, I understand. You might be a bigger Astros fan than I am. But I have another name to share with you today. Thaddeus. Do you know that name? Anything come to your mind when you hear me say that name? If you were in an intense Bible trivia match with everything riding on the line and you got the question that asked you to list off all 12 of the disciples, those men that Jesus had called into his service to be his closest companions, to travel with him and learn from him and then go out and start the church, if you needed to list them all off, would Thaddeus be on your list? I don't know if it would have made mine. I mean, that's not even the name that's used in our reading this morning. Judas, not Judas Iscariot. That's what John wrote. And most biblical scholars, they associate this other Judas with Thaddeus. Thaddeus is the name that you would see in other lists of the 12 disciples and apostles. Here he is in Mark chapter 3. And it makes sense that in the years following after Jesus' death, you probably would not want to be known as Judas. I don't hear too many Judases still today. That's probably a name that gets a hard pass and a veto very quickly from young parents as they're going through names that they might decide for their little baby boy. What do we know about this other Judas, this Thaddeus? Anything? 
You would think as we start off this worship series in which we're going to talk about these 12 men that Jesus called into his service, as we're going to look at the apprenticeship that they had with Jesus, the master teacher, the savior of the world, God himself, as we're going to look at their lives as they followed him and how God's impressive, powerful love was active in those lives, and then to ask that God's love be powerful and active in our own lives. Don't you think we might start with somebody like like Peter, the bold, courageous leader of the disciples, the one who has miracles documented in the pages of Scripture, energetic sermons that he proclaimed that have been written down for us in the Bible, authored letters that are now part of the biblical canon, or maybe James and John, those... Uh, sons of thunder. One of them called the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, One of them also a biographer of Jesus and his life. Or maybe Matthew. Yeah, a little bit of a checkered past, maybe not the wisest career choice, but he knew forgiveness. And he knew forgiveness so well that he also wrote a biography of Jesus. Wouldn't we start with one of them? Thaddeus, he's got one line in the whole entire Bible, this one question that we hear him ask of Jesus today. That's it. That's all we got. I researched him. There's nothing to find. There's no origin story. There's no uh, family that's listed. There's nothing. Which makes him perfect. Which makes me so thankful and grateful to my fellow Divine Savior Church pastoral teammates who constructed this worship series that we would begin with Thaddeus because Thaddeus could be you. Do you ever think that you are not important enough, not vital enough to the work of Christ's kingdom? Do you ever think that there should be no reason to really mention your name in the history of that kingdom? Maybe you think, when you think about being called as Jesus' disciple, to be enfolded into his mission on earth, maybe you think, I am too insignificant, too sinful, too weak, too socially awkward, too prideful, too hesitant, to whatever it might be to be mentioned. But dear friends, no matter what you think of yourself, no matter if anybody would know your name, anybody would recognize it and immediately think something important or valuable about you, Jesus does. And Jesus has called you to be his disciple. If you're taking notes this morning, that's the first thing you're going to write down. Jesus has called you as his disciple. He has called you to trust in everything that he has done for you, to follow him and to learn from his life. And that really became the impetus for this question that Thaddeus asked, his only recorded words in the Bible, because he had spent significant time with Jesus. 
He had learned from him. He had listened to his parables. He had seen the, the crowds of people that came flocking to also hear from Jesus. He had seen the powerful miracles performed. He himself had been sent out with the word of God and was able to do powerful things himself because of Jesus' words. And now here in John chapter 14, we are on Thursday of Holy Week, the night on which later on the other Judas would betray Jesus, and he'd be arrested, and the next day crucified on the cross, put to death, the disciples, they would witness all this. And so Jesus, he prepared them for the serious events that were about to transpire. And he said these words to them. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And he said, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. Words of encouragement. Encouragement that was desperately needed by those disciples. Because Jesus also made clear that soon he would no longer be physically, visibly present. And Jesus cared about these men. He cared very deeply for them. He cares very deeply for all of us. But in a very unique, very special way, according to his human nature, Jesus had developed very intimate, close friendships and relationships with these men. And he was about to leave. He was about to be gone. And so he gave his final instructions to them. He knew that they would desperately mourn his death, and then in joyful elation, they would celebrate his resurrection. They would witness his ascension up into heaven, but then he'd be gone. Yes, they would always see him through eyes of faith, and he would always be supernaturally present with them, just as he is with us, but he wouldn't be physically, visibly present. There was going to be a new normal for these disciples who had grown so close to Jesus, and so he prepared them, he asked them to demonstrate their love, their worship, their service to him through lives of faith and lives of love. And Jesus said this to them, he said, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. And that's when Thaddeus is spurred on to ask his question, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Now what's behind Thaddeus' question? Now what's, what's he really asking here? In this question, you see a mix of compassion and hesitancy. Now, even as Thaddeus expresses his gratitude for all that Jesus has done for him, what he knows about Jesus, 
He has this compassion, this desire in his heart that others would know Jesus in that way too. He wants others in the world to see Jesus the way that he sees Jesus. He wants others in this world to know Jesus as their Lord, their master, their teacher, their friend, their savior. Compassion. But there's also hesitancy. Hesitancy because Thaddeus doesn't know how he personally, how any of the disciples, how they personally would be able to lead others to see and know Jesus. And as you read along, it almost seems as if Jesus doesn't answer the question. There's nothing that he says immediately that addresses it. It's almost as if he didn't hear the question But as you look a little deeper, you realize that Jesus, in the words that he shares next, he helps those disciples, he helps Thaddeus, he helps you and I to know and understand that everything that he said on this night, every encouragement that he gave, every promise he delivered, every comfort that he shared with them, all of it was intended to equip them, to train them, to help them to grow, to see how they would be the ones that would show Jesus to the world. How Jesus would use their lives to demonstrate himself and his love. Earlier on this very same night, Jesus had told the disciples that no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, because I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and because we are one, then people will see God, their Heavenly Father, through me. And since you and I are in Jesus, and Jesus is in us, Jesus says that people will come to know, come to see Jesus through us. Jesus desires to show himself through your life. Through your life of faith. No matter how insignificant, weak, sinful you may feel, Jesus can use your life of faith to demonstrate his own compassion. His own grace, his own mercy and love. See, Jesus was there on that night in that room with those disciples for one monumental purpose. He would fulfill every plan of God, his heavenly Father. He knew that he would go to the cross on the next day, that he would die there on that cross, not just a physical death, but a death that was for the sins of the entire world, for your sins, for mine, for the sins of Thaddeus and all those disciples. That Jesus would pour forth his blood in order to forgive you, in order to call you into God's own family to show God's love in action, to make you one of his disciples. And as you cling to the joyful truth of Jesus' cross and all that it means for you, you will live a life of faith. You will live a life 
of love, in this life of faith that you live, love will flow forth. Love for Jesus and love for others. And through that life of faith, demonstrated in your acts of love and service, Jesus will make himself known to the world. That was Jesus' answer. He said this, he said, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. The trust that we have in Jesus will become clear in the way that we live our lives. It will become a living testimony to the love of Jesus. And as we grow in our faith, God, the Heavenly Father, along with Jesus Christ, will make their home in us. When you inhabit a home, the longer that you live there, the more it's going to take on your character, your personality and and the decorations that you choose, your lifestyle. So whether you are country chic or modern expressionism a rustic farmhouse, or whatever it is that's your style, whether you are the neat freak, cleanliness warrior, or you're kind of more the laid-back, lounge around, throw your socks on the floor anywhere and everywhere you want, whatever it is, your house is going to start to take on that character and that look. And as God the Heavenly Father, as Jesus Christ dwells in us, we will start to take on the character and the look of Jesus of his love, of his immense compassion, of his perfect justice, of his holy morality, that will start to define our life and through our lives, defined by God, defined by Jesus, as he makes his dwelling in and us, then through us, Jesus demonstrates himself to the world. God will shine forth to the world around us, and you will have ample opportunity to serve as his witnesses, first in the way that you live your life, and then as you have the opportunity to make clear the reason you live your life. Jesus and his cross, the grace that he has shown you. And as Jesus thinks about this and knows that there was also hesitancy in Today's question, Jesus answers hesitancy with promise. There were two massive promises that Jesus gave to his disciples on that night. The first of those incredible is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus promises you a constant guide. Someone to help you, encourage you, lift you up, and equip you as you make Jesus known in the world. The Holy Spirit will become your teacher every single time that you regularly take in God's word. To grow in your faith, to grow in your life of love. And the second massive promise that Jesus gave was the promise of peace. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Dear friends, you have the peace that Jesus delivers. The peace that comes from his forgiveness, which is full, which is free. That forgiveness delivered by his death and resurrection, which is complete. Jesus said, it is finished. We rejoice in the empty tomb. It's this total peace that brings joy to our task. As he gives us today the same task that he gave to those disciples to build the church, as he works to demonstrate his love through our lives of love and action, you have this peace. And it doesn't go away. Whether you feel like you have been an impressive display of mercy and grace and love in your own life, or if you feel like you've been a mess, it doesn't matter, you have peace. You have peace in Jesus. Whether you know that you provided the absolutely best apologetic argument, case closed, locked it in, fully compelling personal witness, or you can't believe how much you stumbled over your words and got stuck on the questions a person asked you, you still have peace. The peace Jesus gives. A peace that he will never take away. The peace that encourages you as you live as his disciple. The peace that allows you to continue to show Jesus to the world. So maybe you didn't know the name Thaddeus. Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't think that your name would be a name worth remembering when it comes to the kingdom of God. Maybe you've never considered your life as one through which Jesus would demonstrate his love to the world and make himself known. Maybe no one else would recognize your name. And yet, Jesus says that you are invaluable as his disciple. You are invaluable as a disciple of Christ because through you, Jesus will show himself to the world. Amen? Amen.